0: It's Friday, the 7th of February, and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, a political earthquake in Germany. Angela Merkel dismisses an election victory as unforgivable after it was won with the help of the far-right alternative for Deutschland. Is this a sign of fracturing politics in Berlin? Plus, why Italy's favourite song contest is getting political? I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. It's not often that a regional election is described as a political earthquake, but that's what's happened in the German state of Thuringia. The election of Liberal leader Thomas Kemmerich was made possible by the help of the far-right Alternative for Deutschland party. Chancellor Angela Merkel called the agreement unforgivable as protesters gathered just two hours after the announcement. Mainstream parties have long refused to work with the AFD. So how did this happen? Matthew Karnitschnigg is Politico's Chief Europe
1: Correspondent in Berlin. It looks more like the AFD very cunningly inserted itself into this process at the last moment and threw its weight behind this Liberal candidate who uh, campaigned against the AFD. Uh, The Liberal Party in this region came in last, in fact, with only 5%. So it was a, a bit shocking to everybody that this party all of a sudden should be the one to um, you know, come, come out of this process victorious. It's a very complicated kind of dynamic here. But basically, the left party, which won the most votes in the October election, won um, 44 votes yesterday in the final election in the state assembly for the uh, state premier, and this little liberal party, with the help of the AfD and Angela Merkel's CDU, uh, came out with one more vote. So uh, he won by one vote at the end of the day. And I don't think the Liberals really were expecting the AfD to uh, support their candidate, but that's that's what happened.
2: This Minister-President was a unique approach that was
1: You just need a two-third majority in the state assembly in order to call a new election. So if Angela Merkel's party, the Christian Democrats, together with the left-leaning parties, the Social Democrats, the left party and the Greens, if they decide they want a new election, which appears uh, that they do, they could trigger a a new election. The difficulty, though, is what this would say about the the democratic process in, in this state of Thuringia. Uh, where they just recently had an election. And I think the problem for the establishment parties is that it would look as if when they don't like the result of an election, they'll just call a new election, which uh, in the view of many observers is exactly the, the kind of move that would ultimately help the far right, because it shows uh, in their view that the establishment is is willing to hold on to power, whatever the cost. It's Berlin, it's- as they say history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes you know this is this is certainly uh, not 1930 this isn't the Weimar republic that said you know i think more than anything what this shows is that in eastern germany in particular where you have the far right consistently winning about a quarter of the votes not just in thuringia but in other parts of the uh, former German Democratic Republic. When you have this party doing so well, and the left party doing so well, so the political extremes, if you will, it leaves very little room for compromise in the middle, and it's become almost impossible to build, you know, centrist coalitions or any coalition really. I mean, the only other options in this case were going to be minority governments with the tacit support of, of the opposition. So this, I think, says more about the fracturing of the German political system, uh, number one, and uh, just the strength of the far right in Eastern Europe, number two, than, than it does about breaking taboos and, and this type of thing, which has been the focus here over the last 24 hours.
0: To Italy now, where the country's favourite song contest is singing a political tune. Monocle's culture editor Chiara Remella explains.
2: Italians have a strange fascination with Sanremo. The annual song contest, which famously inspired the format for Eurovision, may be accused by some of being passé, but as a cultural event, it is still a strangely poignant showcase for societal shifts in the country. This year's edition is a case in point. The festival is on until this Saturday, but the cultural clashes began early. During a press conference, presenter Amadeus introduced one of his co-hosts, Francesca Sofia Novello, also the girlfriend of motorcycle racer Valentino Rossi, by praising her ability to stand next to a great man always being one step behind him. A row ensued, followed by another debate on the deliberately provocative, misogynistic lyrics of rapper and contestant Junior Cali. He wound up performing a different song. Once the festival began, journalist and co-host Rula Gibrial sought to redress the balance by delivering a strongly worded feminist speech. There are some people who wish such controversies away, who think these occasions should be treated as carefree celebrations. The cheesy tunes, comfortingly predictable comedy and a taste for the kitsch may be the main reason why we watch Sanremo, and Eurovision for that matter, but wishing politics away from the stage is pointless – Because everything, even outfits, can be political. Take a look at contestant Achille Lauro's amazing glittery onesie and you'll understand why his performance was a big step in a country that still struggles with discussions around gender and sexuality. It's about time they took centre stage.
0: My thanks to Chiara Ramella. Elsewhere on today's agenda... Switzerland heads to the polls this Sunday for a referendum on banning discrimination based on sexual orientation. If successful, which it looks likely to be, the new provision will prohibit homophobic public statements or actions that incite a climate of hatred. As the spring-summer 2020 women's wear season kicks off in New York this week, there will be one notable absence, the Chinese press and buying contingency. Many Chinese celebrities, PRs and editors, including the editors of China's versions of Vogue, Elle and Harper's Bazaar, have cancelled at least part of their fashion season travel plans due to the coronavirus. Their absence will be a blow to all brands showing, whether in New York, London, Milan or Paris, because it means there'll be far fewer people to spread buzz about new collections among the powerful Chinese consumer base. And tributes have been paid to the actor, Kirk Douglas, who passed away on Wednesday. While he's best remembered for his role in 1960s Spartacus, directed by Stanley Kubrick, Douglas first came to prominence in the 1946 film, The Strange Love of Martha
1: Ivers. You're serving a five-year sentence. So I was told once before. You lied when you were picked up. You told the police you were employed by Sam Masterson. You think they would have believed me if I'd told the truth? Did you cook up that story between you?
2: He had nothing to do with it.
0: His role as a weak and corrupt politician was the first in a string of unsympathetic characters in which he would specialise, perhaps culminating in 1951's Ace in the Hole, directed by Billy Wilder. Douglas's portrayal of a journalist who exploits a tragedy in an effort to further his career was initially dismissed by critics as overly cynical But, like 1976's Network, it's now celebrated as a razor-sharp exposé of the dark side of journalism. Kirk Douglas was 103. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Monday. Enjoy your weekend.